This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. What a build-up, Dr. D. A build-up? A build-up. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. What a build-up. You just oh, you just you, led us down this path. You just built it up, the anticipation. I'm so excited it was, to It was the yellow brick now. road. Yeah, you took us down that, that brick road, that yellow brick road, yeah. and here we are at the Jeremiah Show. Yeah. My brick road has potholes. It's radio <laughs> with TV's Tim Stack. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Welcome, Tim. I, I have Thank been waiting. Nice to be here. Yeah, I've been waiting for this moment like I've been waiting for Christmas morning. Been, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting so long to have Tim Stack back in the studio really? here. How do you feel about that uh, representation or symbolism? I feel bad for such a <laughs> deprived childhood. <laughs> you I'm must totally, have had. I'm just, if I'm the Christmas <laughs> gift you've waited for your whole life, <laughs> what horrible upbringing that's so you sad have. that's so sad I, I i don't know if i had a deprived childhood i'm just plain deprived <laughs> you're like that movie nell where the girl was left out in the woods oh, yeah, and, yeah yeah i remember that that oh, was jody uh, yeah jody foster jody, tim stack will come for christmas <laughs> <laughs> and, and here it is dr d i have the calendar and mark off the days i mark off yeah. the months i started marking off the years but now the it's day. like you're in prison <laughs> <laughs> where's the warden when you need him I, Probably soon will be. Mm-hmm. All right, let me tell me tell you who we're talking about. Who 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 I'm so excited yeah. about. The Dr. voice D. might be familiar, folks. The voice may be That's familiar. Right. The, the acting, the writing, the producing, uh, the the body of work by this gentleman, our very special guest sitting next to me to my right today, is an actor. He's a writer. He's known for Son of the Beach. My name is Earl Seinfeld. One of my favorite episodes in Seinfeld, uh, when George gets ladies' glasses, uh-huh. <laughs> we're going to play that. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, I was telling, uh, well, I don't want to say his name yet, but I was telling my guest, mm-hmm. I just watched that. It just came on like in my rotation. Oh, wow. Very serendipitously. Is that, a, is that the right way That's to a good put word. that? Yeah, you like that big word? You learn a lot of words <laughs> as a child. That's right. I had nothing but books to read. That's the deprivation, right? Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, one of my God. favorite oh. shows of all time. I, I'm, I have to say, uh, I can't watch that show unless I'm in literally physically with a small TV set or my phone in the closet. It is. Gives you I don't know why it's so embarrassing for me. With what's watching going on, the show, watching the show, but it's like, oh, come on, you cannot believe you're doing that. I yeah. can't believe you just said that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, my sister says it causes too much anxiety. Yeah, she can't watch it. <laughs> Let me go on with this list because this list yes. is long. Oh, and it's, we're gonna need an intermission. We are right. uh, on this list. Uh, in just a minute, you get the popcorn in your yes, soda. You got it. 
Back to school, Punky Brewster, Parker, Lu- Parker Lewis can't lose. These are some shows from my childhood out in the woods. Uh, other very popular sitcoms that my special guest today and our new host at the Jeremiah Show with his own series. Um, these shows include Benson, Laverne and Shirley. Heard of that one, Dr. D? I, I have you indeed. Quote that one quite a bit. Schlemiesel, Schlemiesel. Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. I have no idea what Night that Court. means. Remember Night Court? Oh, God, yes. The Wonder Years. Wings, which was my dad's favorite oh, show. Oh, I love that show. Malcolm in the Middle. Golden yep. Girls. Yep. Oh, my God. We are not worthy, Dr. D, to sit next to this gentleman. <laughs> well, I don't know. So let me, let me just uh, introduce you now to Timothy Stack. Again, he's a writer, an actor, a producer. He is here to... To basically debut and launch and tell us all about his new radio show. Uh, he's going to come under the Jeremiah Show umbrella for a little while. And uh, and he's launching a new uh, series. It's called It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. They're rioting in the streets. They I can are. Hear they're, 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 they're racing down to the studio. Very... His fans are banging on the door, Dr. D. <laughs> just... Are you picking that up on the? I am. I'm, well, we've got a nice, uh, yeah, and it's booming. <laughs> yeah, booming. So is this, uh, is this solid state or is this tubes in the radio? I this mean, is... which, which is this? Uh, you're asking a technical question. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't understand that. It's in the woods, remember? I'm very wow. excited about this. And thank you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah has asked me to give radio a try. I had done it a little bit before with uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, just a just a oh, guy named Howard guy. Stern. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but I really enjoyed it. And uh, part of it is in my roots, which we've talked about. My mom had a radio show growing this is up. Interesting, really. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I grew up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, kind of a suburb of of Philadelphia, and my mom had a radio show that started out as uh, five minutes a day. It was just, it was called Thoughts for Food with Joan Stack. I like that. And and her her sign-off was Have a Delicious Day, which is on her gravestone. Oh, Uh, Yeah, it's great. So, uh, but then the show evolved. She actually found out she was pretty good at it. She She knew a lot about food. And then she found out she was pretty good at radio. And here's the interesting thing about her show, it took place in a restaurant, a restaurant I had worked at before I got fired. That's a whole other story. <laughs> I worked there as a busboy. You, you, uh, you can relate to the firing of people. Yeah, and being fired. And well. being fired. Best oh, lesson I ever learned, getting fired as a busboy at this restaurant. Yeah. Why was it the best, not to throw you off track from your story about your mom, but why was that the best thing? It suddenly woke me up like, and I was, I think I was 17 when I got fired. And about a year later, my mom got the radio show there. But um, it just taught me that, you know, this is not school. This is not like you can't do your fraternity hijinks or whatever it is. This is my living. I, you know, I support my family at this Uh place. And and it and I suddenly it dawned on me like, oh, I need to take work seriously. And so it never happened to me again. I've never been fired from a job since I've gotten close, like some <laughs> acting writing jobs yeah. that were like, we want to get rid of this guy. Um, you know, you could sort of feel that, but I, I, I always treated work with the utmost respect since then, wow. since that moment. So, yeah. 
I never, when I was a busboy, I loved being a busboy. Did you like it, actually? I didn't mind it. I was actually I mean, surprised work, when I got right? fired. It's dirty and it's sweaty and it's, yeah. you know, dirty bus. Yes, that's exactly right. That. Dirty and sweaty and yeah. But I, I, I loved it personally. I, I never wanted to be anything more than a busboy <laughs> at a restaurant. I never wanted to You know, to you can server. go back to that career. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Huh? I think there's a few openings right now. <laughs> well, we all three of us share that because I was a busboy, I think, at the age of 18, 17, 18. We could open our own restaurant. We could. We absolutely could. The thing that frustrated me most was when I had to go get my health card. This was back when you had to have one. And so I went for the training because it was required by the restaurant as well as the state. I come back with all of the rules in my head. Nobody's following the rules. They're smoking in the cooking area. They're (laughs) And I'm going, what was the point of me going (laughs) to, to get this health card? Because, you know, well, you learned a lot about health. It's everything's a learning experience. But it so, is. Tim, you, you did you work at the restaurant that your mom? I was at? never. We never worked there at the same time. Okay, so it was after so her her job started about a year. She was doing the five minute radio show while I was still a busboy, and then uh, what happened was the owner of the restaurant, who was a big deal in that area, along with the writer James Michener, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. remember the the Monday Night Football Don Meredith. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He lived in our area and they bought this local radio station. So then my mom went to Walter Conti, the owner of the and said, because she had grown up with there were radio people in New York, like Arlene Francis, who used to be on What's My Line. And they would do shows from their apartment or a mm-hmm. restaurant. And she, she said, Walter, can I do the show from the restaurant? He said, it's free advertising. Yeah. So a guest would come to the show, do it, and then they would have lunch. And it was a good restaurant. Conti's was like the restaurant in the area. And I'm still very good friends with Joe Conti, his son. And anyway, um, that fired you. Yes. His father <laughs> fired me. And I always say to Joe, best lesson, best I, lesson ever I ever learned. learned. Oh my God. A day yeah. doesn't go by when I don't thank Walter Conti. So, um, because you might still be there. I might still be there. <laughs> I know restaurant people like that. More water on table 23. Tim. Get some more bread over yeah. here. <laughs> bread, water, clear the dishes. Um, So, um, but the fun thing about my mom was in a small community, she became like a big deal. There was only one radio station. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was the area where we grew up, it was Bucks County, which was kind of an artsy fartsy world. So like Bucks County Playhouse was there and McCarter Playhouse in Philadelphia or in Princeton. And so if there were big actors coming into town, she would get them on her radio show, which was a big deal then. But the funny and thing, everybody could watch, right? And kind of listen in. As they would listen in. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. Like yes. And people in the restaurant. Yes. Kind of see her doing. Yes, her thing. exactly. And that was sort of like a cool thing. It was it was very cool yeah. at the time. Very new and hip. And so um, but the funny thing I loved about her show was like one day she might have an actor on like Eli Wallach was doing a play at McCarter Playhouse. And so this big movie star would come on the show with Eli Wallach. And then the next day she would have like the, cause it was local radio. She'd have the fire chief at the fire department. Who's talking about the pancake breakfast on Saturday, uh-huh. you know, to raise right. money for the right. fire company, but she always treated them the same. And, and, and I used to do her as a character at the groundlings because she said every word as if it was a novel unto itself. And she would add, she would add syllables into words that weren't there, (laughs) like Seleph, 
<laughs> there were two who knew there were two syllables in the word self self or for some reason she said to me once she said i'm going to georgia are you going to atlantata <laughs> no mom there's you added too many in there it's atlanta now why did she did she do that on purpose i that think was just it was an effect way it was like her she, yes her it was her because she grew up in a time when when actresses talked like that yeah. and and that's how you were so i think she grew up sort of absorbing that and she applied it to radio and it worked you know well you've been in hollywood and and in this business for over do i do i moved out in 79 i moved to la i left new york and were you a study of film and oh acting that's and all i all your life did was watch movies and well, maybe yeah. you could answer a question for yes. me because we're, you're talking about this with your mom, how she pronounced words and was articulate and then actually had her own style, her own way of speaking, like some of the best radio people or broadcasters do. Right. I, yeah. I think of Walter Cronkite and I don't know, the list goes on. But the um, you mentioned that actors in her age, when they grew up in the black and whites and the and the film, um, you know, the first films and you know 50s 40s 50s 60s even 60s maybe they had the actors had that that way of speaking that you don't hear anymore in film no and it's I almost wondered, british it, yeah is, was that more of a theater do you know where that came from i, and I don't i just i do so... know that they were all sent to like a like a good-looking woman who had some acting talent they would send her to elocution lessons mm. so they learned to talk like this Hello, everyone. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, and John Lovitz, who's an old friend who I hope to have on my show. Uh, you know, he's sort of the master of that old school of Hollywood. Like, you know, and they talk quickly, like, what are you here for? What do you care? What do you what do you want me? So, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, I was just thinking of the Seinfeld, John Lovitz, when the girl was in the back that reads the book. Do you remember that in the no. cafe? And he's like, oh, look at her. Mrs. <laughs> won't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah sometimes i watch turner classic movies a lot and somebody some actor will come on and i'll stop it and rewind and i'll videotape it on my phone and i'll send it to love it because <laughs> we just love that stuff those kinds of actors and uh -huh. weird supporting actors in, so in those kinds of movies it was something that they had to learn and i think part of i think she just acting. grew up like that's how people talked in in radio and arlene francis certainly talked like that and that was sort of her you know that's who she tried to emulate was arlene francis who had a big career in radio and then on tv and a little bit as an actress but more in radio and television what's my line and you know so you would watch your mom i had been on her shows. shows then when i got my career sort of started i was on the show i didn't have much of a career when i did her show but it was my mom so she put me on um <laughs> yeah that was kind of fun and also what was your did you have a shtick or did you No, it was more just like on or... uh my son has moved to hollywood and he's home for christmas and what's it like you know talking yeah. about that and at the time i was a waiter uh at the ginger man restaurant in beverly hills which was owned by carol o'connor mm. 
in All in the Family when he was, yeah. I mean, when All in the Family was huge. That's when he had the restaurant. That's when, when he had the restaurant. Yeah. So I think a lot of our show, I talked about who I waited on, <laughs> like all the celebrities. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm mean, we Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, what's she like? She was okay. <laughs> that was a tip. <laughs> now, who was, the, can you say who, who tipped you the best out of your serving career? Uh, yeah. Somebody who, who gave me the best tips. Who was it that gave me a hundred dollars and said, keep it? I'll think of it. Somebody, which was a lot of money, especially yeah. at the time. Johnny Carson, I waited on a lot. And I don't do a, a good Johnny Carson impression, but I'll try it anyway. He would always ask me one question. He would say, uh, tell me about the chicken. <laughs> uh, t- and I always felt like I'm on the show. Like, it's Johnny interviewing me. Uh, tell me about the chicken. Uh, In your mind, you're being interviewed. Yes, that's I'm, how I'm going. You got the music going and the curtain. You know, it's so funny, Johnny, about the chicken. <laughs> they really do a nice job tonight, Johnny. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so, yeah, I think in the early times on my mom's show, I talked about people I had waited on. Mm. I got one $100 tip once. I mean, I remember you remember something like yes. that, right? I got a, uh, I probably got other $100 tips, but I remember this one because it was from uh, Dr. Dre. And he oh, left wow. his pager on my table and I had the pager and I'm like, oh man, the numbers in this thing, you know, I didn't look at yeah. it. And he comes back and he, he says, oh, you've got it. Thank you so much. Gave me, well, he gave me a hundred at the table and a hundred when he brought the pager nice. back. So That's I got how you roll. Yes. Yeah. It's a nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. you remember cool. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, guys yeah. that are nice. So uh, you also had a radio career for a short time through via Howard Stern, right? He, how did that happen? He offered you. It happened. Um, well, I had done your own show, right? Yeah. Before. Howard and I had had a long relationship. Not long. I mean, yeah, six, eight years, 10 years working together. Was this uh Post so Son of the Beach. Po- okay, so this is yeah. So we did Son of the Beach, and then I wrote a movie for him. Um, he somehow got the rights to um, Rock and Roll High School. Remember the mm-hmm. movie with the Ramones? Yeah, he was going to produce that, and I was brought in as the first writer. I think they're still writing this thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I wrote a draft and and got paid. Nothing happened with that, but we kept talking about doing stuff. And his agent, Don Buckwald, was my agent. So I always sort of stayed in that world. And then when he moved to Sirius Radio, he hired a guy named Tim Sabian, who's a great guy. And he was in radio for years. And, and um, he, he and I were talking. I'd given Howard an idea for an animated show. So we were sort of talking about that. And then Tim said, why don't you try to do Nightstand again? I said, well, I don't know. We we tried it. And uh, Nightstand was this fake talk show I did in the nineties that ran on e-channel and syndication. And, and, um, and I said, I don't know. He goes, well, why don't you do it on the radio? Like bring on fake guests. And um, I love that. Idea. I do too. Yeah, it was. You'll it have was to do that maybe on one of these shows. Okay. <laughs> if you no, if no, you it was good. That. It was fun. It it um, I don't know. It just didn't. <laughs> Howard didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, you know, it's his world. He can do whatever he wants. I don't think he dug it. What I so, find fascinating is you were proposing an animated show. How would that be more animated than the shows he already does on radio? That particular show <laughs> I was pitching was I had written a movie with a guy a long time ago, which was a spoof of those World War II movies. Ah, 
And um, we had it. Dom DeLuise was going to do it at one point, and and we had it out there, and 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 it just went away for whatever reason. And I always thought if we took that model, and because Howard always talks about his time in Vietnam, mm-hmm. which was you know he's making it all up. Yeah. It's always, but I always thought it would be funny in the movie. There was a kid, like in every war movie, there's always a kid. The kid is, yeah. and the kid. Well, in our movie, the kid was really a kid. He's like 12 and he's in World <laughs> War II. <laughs> so I always thought if we took the young Howard Stern character and made him the kid oh. and and sort of took all the characters from the movie and we made it was going to be called Howard Stern's Vietnam. But it was just a crazy animated show with a <laughs> kid, with a kid, with young Howard in Vietnam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, Timothy Stack, Tim Stack. He's a writer and actor producer. He's our special guest today. He's got a new show um, under this umbrella. He's got his own radio show now here at our station. Um, Here's the title, Dr. D. I love it. I'm waiting. It's radio with TV's Tim Stack. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Keep working on that. Semi catchy. (laughs) I think you got it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, here's the idea. We're going to talk about what. Tim, the, the the wonderful mind of Tim Stack, and what he will you know be bringing to you, the listener of uh, of the show here. But here is one you know I really uh, pursued Tim recently, and and I don't know how I wooed him over, and and he agreed to do this. I don't know what I did. I don't. I don't even. Were were any drugs? Did I, did I bring you a bag of money? I can't remember. <laughs> I think you bought me a beer. A buy, that's, that's all. That's, it took. How, that's all it took. Wait, I, I believe it was Schlitz. Was yeah, it? It was a can of Schlitz. A can of Schlitz. <laughs> he okay. threw it in my car, and I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." It was cold though. Cold, <laughs> but it was, it was open. Warm, but it was open. Um, but I, I just feel like. This laughing that we're doing here today with Tim, I mean, uh, has uh, got to stop. It's, it's, no, it has to start again. I, I just miss comedy so much. Oh, I, miss, I miss it in program, TV programming and film. And- Do you know what I go to bed to at night with? I put my ear. I don't know. Earbud, if I want to know. I, no, no, no. I put my earbud in. I put my phone. I go to YouTube and I, I listen to the long form comedy routines of the comedians on. I think it's called dry board or something like that. And I just lay there and I listen and I have to keep from laughing out loud because some of the stuff is hilarious and it isn't mean humor. It's not blue humor. Yeah. It's just funny. It just, it just and I laugh. love I just, that. So yeah. Tim's going to bring that. Tim, cool. Stack. I'll be Tim listening Stack. to you now when I go to sleep. You better. <laughs> <laughs> I already, I, I, he, he re, uh, comes up repeatedly in my Seinfeld you know, that's what I do. Rotation, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I watch Samfeld or I watch Curb. And so Tim just keeps speaking to me and I just kept saying, yeah. you know, if I'm going to spend this much time with Tim Stack, let's just get him on the radio. Yeah, exactly. So uh, again, the new series, it's radio with TV's Tim Stack. <laughs> uh, we will be right back. Let me actually give out a couple promos. Um, on Amazon Freebie, set your calendar, write this down, a new premiere date for Tim's new comedy series, Sprung. It's created by Emmy Award-winning writer Greg Garcia and producer and writer Timothy Stack. So Greg Garcia, you may remember, uh, developed My Name is Earl and Raising Hope. Uh, Sprung stars Garrett Dillahunt. Am I yeah, saying that? He's yeah, great. Yeah. For Fear from, so you may remember him from Fear, The Walking Dead or The Mindy Project. Oh, yeah. Deadwood. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played yeah. two characters on Deadwood. Oh, Deadwood. God. Yeah. Deadwood. Crazy movie. Yeah. Crazy show. Emmy Award winning Martha Plimpton. Generation younger. Two of the shows. Yeah. Big Santa Barbara connection there. Yeah. And she Harry plays Hans. Barb. And Philip Garcia from Scandal. No relation. No. To, to no, Greg. no, to Greg. I was wondering. Um, Some other Garcia, but not Greg. He plays Rooster and Shakira Barrera from Glow as Gloria. James Earl from Night School as that Melvin. That guy is funny. Yeah, he is. And introducing Claire Gillies as Wiggles. She's, I'm telling you. Where'd you come up with the name Wiggles? <laughs> Greg came up with that. She's a. She's not a strip. She's a bikini dancer, which she points out is a big difference between. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But this this young woman, Claire, is really something special. I think people are really going to take notice. She has this beautiful uh, sort of Euro model look, but she plays this nitwit really, really well. And and she she has this voice where you think it's a fake voice. And you say, okay, Claire, nice to meet you. You can talk now. And he's like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's the voice. voice. Yeah. But she's phenomenal at playing (laughs) dumb, Mm. which is a wonderful thing. Always works in comedy. I've been working on that my whole life. (laughs) That's how I get through every day here at the radio station. (laughs) All right. So the first two episodes, Dr. D, will debut exclusively on Freebie. I didn't didn't know about Freebie, but it's Amazon. Freebie is owned by Amazon. It's their version of Hulu with commercials. Mm -hmm. But you can get Freebie. You can get it through Roku and all that. But you can also go in through Amazon and you can prime if you're if if you already have amazon prime okay you can yes you can just get freebie there well very cool so that's august 19th that's the date i want you to mark down the first two episodes are debuting again exclusively on freebie so uh sign up and get on that ahead of time and then that will be followed by new episodes each week in a one-hour season finale on September 16th. We're going to talk about Sprung with producer and writer Timothy Stack, our special guest today. When we come back, you can check out Tim on Twitter at TV's Tim Stack. We'll be right back. Son of the Beach, starring Jamie Bergman as B.J. Cummings, Roland Kickinger, as Chip Rommel, Lila Arcieri as Jamaica St. Croix, Kim Oya as Kimberly Clark, Amy Weber as Porcelain Bidet, with Lou Rosenthal as Spank the Monkey, and introducing Timothy Stack as Notch Johnson, special guest stars William Catt and Jimmy Walker. Tonight's episode, Three Days of the Condom. Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. 
Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Cindy, you got a second? Sure. I want you to take a look at this for that big strip club expose. But I'd rather stick with a crop circle story. Oh, come on. You know those things are just a hoax. No, I'm telling you, I sense something about that cornfield. Call it women's intuition or ESPN or both. But I can tell when danger's near. I just... Ah! Ow! 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 Cindy, it's sweeps month. Ratings mean everything. People want human interest stories. Like the one you did yesterday. The report on breast augmentation? It was just 10 minutes of topless women. People don't care about this. They want hard-hitting stories and in-depth coverage and... And... And twins! Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Marielle Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. To the Jeremiah show. <laughs> you like how that was that quick. You? Yeah. See, we like to get commercial. So, what we do is we take a two minute commercial break. I compress it down into three seconds. Yeah. And the advertisers cannot complain <laughs> because if you look at uh, and you hear some of, you know, you hear the mortgage people and they got to give those numbers at the end. Yeah. Number six. That's like, what? Yeah. So, we figure, hey, we can get away with it. Yeah. It's Talk like the you. drug notification. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. And Dr. D just likes to make me sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks. I do, I do. He sounds so <laughs> he, he, good. He does that every once in a while, and I have to listen to every show like to make Theodore sure I didn't get... He sounds more like Theodore than Alvin. Yeah, I liked Theodore. Theodore. Right. I'll take Theodore. Yes, indeed. We're Tim talking Stack. with Timothy Stack. Yeah. He's a writer. Yeah. Fantastic comedy writer and just a writer in general. <laughs> he can write anything. Uh, he, he did not write this intro. I was, not, I was not part of that group. Okay. No. All right. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> um, I would have rewritten them. Uh, and something. <laughs> there are some things in there that yeah. take umbrage with. Well, you, can, we can do, you can do a show about it. I know politics. We're, I don't want to. I shouldn't have gone there. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I just want to have fun in life. There's no win there. What him. version of your name gets your attention as though you did something wrong? Like kids growing up. For me, it would be Richard Les Dugan. <laughs> Is it Timothy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If somebody called me Timothy, yes. My, if my dad called me Timothy, I was in trouble. <laughs> now, Timothy's your professional name. It's your name. Yes. I actually like, but you go by Tim Stack when you're. Everybody in calls me Tim. Yeah. Yes. But I actually like that you 
you you call it out Timothy Stack. I like it's a, yeah. I like Timothy. Yeah, and, yeah. and most people when it's when they're named Timothy, shorten it right away to Tim, or people take liberties yeah. and shorten it to Tim. There's more seriousness there. It's, the it's authoritative. It's a it's, I was going to go with you know you have to choose your name when you join the <laughs> acting union, uh-huh. and so shocking. They were all available under Tim's deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell you, smell it any way you want. <laughs> Nobody wants that name. Um, so I was going to go with Timmy to make it like fun. And, uh-huh. and then I, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't crazy about it. And then Timothy is always like the formal, more of an actor. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe, you know, maybe a serious part if will I ever come along. Formal. If I ever become formal, I finally did my 40 years in the business. I finally did my first straight role in this show, The Old Man on FX now. Yes, I was in last episode. I, have, the first, I just watched the first episode. I'm in episode 105. Oh, so, well, I yeah. have, we've been Wait, watching that. which would be five? Which would be five. Yeah, Sorry, okay. that, I got a little showbiz on that I, one. I one love that show. It's, I love well, that's Jeff. interesting. I oh. never... Go ahead. I gave... The story why I'm in it is that I had given that Jeff Bridges that book like five years ago. And I said, you got to read this book. This You got to do this movie. Uh-huh. This thing is... Because I'm a big fan of the film Three Days of the Condor that yeah. Redford did. And, yeah. and I just said, this is a great book and he was so busy at the time doing something true grit or something he was just too busy and he gets very dialed in on what he's doing which is why one of the reasons why he's so good um and then uh that somebody else optioned the book and brought it back to him as a mini series and jeff read the book he's like i know this book and i know this where did this come from and then susan his wife reminded him it's like Tim, he, he was like, oh, so then he insisted I do a part, and I don't think I would have cast me in the part I play, but I did it anyway, and it was really fun to act oh, again. Looking forward to that. But it's, oh, it's yeah. funny for me, too, because it's such a straight part, but I was nervous doing a straight part. It's like... 40 years in the business, <laughs> and I'm finally doing a straight part. I'm going to so. have to go back and watch formal, five. Huh? Yeah. I got very, it was like as deadpan <laughs> as Timothy. I could be. I was very Timothy. You were yeah. very Timothy. Yeah. By the way. I, I was Sir Timothy on that. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, uh, it makes, uh, when you say that, it makes me think of South Park. Timmy! Yeah. Timmy! Or before, no, no, no. or before that, Lassie. Or Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Howard Stern, if you don't mind. Sure. But we don't, uh, he's, I'm a huge fan, like so many people are, and I, I think I fell in love with the radio and I said, this is just such a common phrase, but I did really fall in love mm-hmm. with radio through listening to Howard Stern. I was telling you yesterday, uh, Tim, uh, on my drive to USC downtown every day from Santa Monica, 11 miles, but it would take three hours. Sure. Twice a day. <laughs> That's, you got time to listen. <laughs> yeah. I had time to listen. And this Howard is before podcasts. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he got that big deal, which is right around when you were, I think, involved with him. The uh, series came serious? afterwards. Yeah, no, he after? was still on Terrestrial when I uh, when we did Son of the Beach and all okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, my timelines aren't perfect on that, but obviously, but but I but then I even subscribed to Sirius because I he was off radio. Yeah, I, I missed him. So if you wouldn't mind, I would just love to hear about who he is and your experience with him. And sure, I, I don't think he's talked about a lot from people that know him. And well, you know, interesting about Howard. Hear. Basically, what you hear is what you get, and and uh, you know, he he I got along great with him he and i part of it is because i was such a fan 
of him listening. You know, I drive mm-hmm. from Santa Barbara to L.A., so I'm the same thing. I'm listening. Yeah. And at the time, he it helped my drive so much because right. I had something to focus on other than the horrible traffic. And before you know it, you're there. And so, but I I'll go back to the first time I met him, <clears throat> which was in the late 80s. And I had done, I had written and produced a game show that we did. We did a presentation of the Groundlings called Get the Picture. And the host was Fee Waybill from the Tubes, mm-hmm. if you guys remember the Tubes. And it didn't did. get bought, but it it got a lot of buzz. Like, the, oh, this is a really funny show. And um, remote control was big on MTV at the time. Uh-huh. And, and so somebody at MTV said, uh, Whoever did that, get. we want to do a show with Howard. Can you, ha, whoever did that, have him meet Howard. Maybe they can figure something out. So I went, and I, I didn't know who Howard was. I was living on the West Coast. He was only on in New York at the time. So I, the only time I listened to him was literally on the drive into New York that morning um, to go meet him for wow. the first time. And we get in the elevator, and he's like six foot, ever whatever. And I... Going and you're in, pretty tall too. I'm pretty tall too, and, and I'm looking up well, at how him. How tall are you? I'm like six four. Six four. Six, he's, he's like, like six, six seven. Yeah. He'll he'll say six six. I think he's a little taller. You guys got the beginning of a basketball team. Yeah, except whatever. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and we met, and that was sort of the end of it. And then years later, I was doing the show Nightstand with Dick Dietrich for syndication and E, and I was at the TV convention in Vegas, and I see Don Buckwald. And I had bartended a party at Buckwald's office and during college in the 70s. And, and he's, I know he's Howard's agent. And I just introduced myself to him. And, hey, I was a bartender at the party. And uh, I met you with Howard. And, and, he, and we started a dialogue. So that sort of got me. And then Don eventually represented me. That got me with Howard. Don said, can I send Howard one of your scripts? So I gave him the script. Howard, and all of a sudden, Don calls and says, can Howard call you? Like, yeah, Howard can call Because <laughs> at this point, he's on in L.A., and I'm now a huge fan. Yeah. So he gave me notes on this script that I had written based on this grounding character that I had done. And it was, the notes were phenomenal. Like, they were fantastic notes. Not crazy notes you get from an executive. Mm-hmm. They were really great notes. And he said, I want to direct this movie. It's like, uh, I don't, you know, really? And he goes, yeah, I want to direct the movie. And we tried to figure that out. And then he just said, I can't direct it. I can't do my show and direct the movie. And he said, what else do you have? And I said, well, the thing I really want to do more than anything is, and I pitched him Son of the Beach. And he started laughing like crazy. <laughs> and he said, let's do it. And it took a long time to get it all together because because the pitch, he needed to be there. And yeah. he, I said, Come out and see the pitch. We had an actress we were going to use for the pitch where we actually acted out a scene. So six months later, he came out. We did the pitch. He said, I'm in. So then another six months, he comes out and we get in a limousine and go around town. And uh, and we sell. We eventually sold the show to FX, but we hit like seven buyers in a day. Uh, I was exhausted. Um because I was doing most of the pitching. Right. Howard was like, yeah, T, you know, he would do his little banter and then, okay, Tim, go. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> <laughs> and was he uh, accessible to you? Very, find with me, always person? very accessible. Yeah. And uh, yes, we always got along. I mean, there were a couple of 
you know, skirmishes in the course of production over four years, but nothing crazy. And most of it had to do with him being on the East Coast. You know, today that show would be so much easier to produce because he could literally watch the filming. Mm-hmm. Like we could just FaceTime him while a scene is being shot. He could direct, he could literally direct the show from his house now. Yeah. But back then we had to overnight videos, you know, dailies right, were right. sent overnight and then he would, I couldn't believe he watched the dailies. Like he's a professional. He's unbelievable. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he dials in, he dials in hard. I'm just thinking of the two of you in a limousine together. Oh, all stretched boy. out. <laughs> it must have had a bit of a long stretch. We had some long legs. And we had this actress who eventually became in the show, Kim Oya, and the agent Don Buckwald. And uh, yeah. Well, that's a, a that's really great. Do you keep in touch at all anymore? I'll send him emails every once in a while. <laughs> I just tried to. Uh, uh, I was talking roughly about a sh- doing a show that involved somebody who used to be on his show. So we were talking about that a little bit. But yeah, no, I'll send him things every mm-hmm. once in a while and he'll get back. And mm-hmm. I, I really... So iconic, Howard Stern, and yeah, be a part of that. And I, anyway, was, I generally don't bother people. I don't like to bother people unless... But sometimes I'll see something that's like, oh my God, Howard has to see this. Yeah. And I'll you send still it. Look at, you still see things for him. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'll yeah. send it to him. Yeah. Um, it's... To me, it's, uh, you know, uh, what makes a successful radio host, it's such a, uh, to me, it's such a, uh, it's not a science, but it's something unique and special that you, that you tap into, right? Yeah. When you listen and you know you've got a good host or a good guest and a good banter in between. Yeah. He and, said something in me interesting. That first phone call I had was giving me notes <clears throat> about the script. The script is about this idiot Frank Sinatra impersonator <laughs> named Guy D. Simone, who's obsessed with Sinatra, and he plays in a, a good, like, suburb of, of Reno. Yeah. It was sort of my go-to character at the Groundlings. Guy D. Simone? <clears throat> Guy D. Simone. And I oh, did Guy a uh, D. Eight, Simone. Guy okay. D. Simone. Close your eyes. You'll think it's Sinatra. <laughs> that, was, that was the motto. Um, and, yeah, he just plays horrible clubs, you know, like, and always on the outskirts of town, always in the suburbs, never, never in the main city. So, um, and he loved that because in Guy's mind, he, you know, he sees himself as sort of the chairman of the board, but in the suburbs. And Howard said, he said, when I get that microphone in front of me, I become a character. Mm-hmm. Now, later, he sort of, now he sort of had a come to with himself, and, and the microphone is no longer the character, it's him. Mm-hmm. So, but there was a time when he saw it as being able to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what he related to with Guy de Simone, mm-hmm. who was actually a Polish kid who wanted to be Italian. He had seen Frank Sinatra and From Here to Eternity, and he wanted to be Italian. And and so Howard, I think, heard radio and, and wanted to be that guy he heard on the radio. Mm. And mm. will you take anything, uh, when you as you develop your show here, it's radio with TV's Tim Stack. <laughs> <laughs> um, will you take anything from Howard or anything that you that you loved and what what do you think makes a really great host we talked about um there was conflict on the howard stern show with jackie and with 
various yes. characters. Yes. His Scott is sound engineer yes. like Dr. D and I have here. <laughs> Scott! Oh, there, such um, tension. There was conflict tension. And I always liked the, when you got to know Howard, when Howard just talked about whatever. Right. Whatever happened, whatever crossed his desk or in front of his, his you know, through his thoughts. I loved all that. Just hearing him talk about himself or interacting with people. What do you think it, that is, Tim, that magic uh, bullet, that magic Well, part of Howard's microphone. show, though, is the sitcom element, you know, where which is genius in its own right. Like, because every day somebody introduces a problem the way when you write a half an hour of a half hour of television, mm-hmm. you know, somebody cr- introduces a problem and then the lead character has to deal with it because somehow it affects his or her life. Um, you know, on Seinfeld, George needs glasses, you know, and somehow that starts an adventure invo- involving George right. and, and conflict. And Howard, um, y- you know, when Jackie would do something crazy or, or Gary doesn't give a Christmas card, he hands it to Howard instead of mailing it. It's enough to set Howard off. And it just creates, it's the sitcom yeah. element. I love that aspect of the uh-huh. show. I also love his interviews. So if I'm going to emulate anything, it's it'll be the interview side because I don't, you know, I don't have 17 people working for me. And uh, But, you know, that's part of what his genius was to hire these people because he knows that they supply entertainment, that they they might be perceived as idiots, but they also create story-driven conflict so okay well i can't wait to hear hear interviews we're going to talk about your show come up here in a moment the great timothy stack the formal timothy stack is with us (laughs) the funny writer actor and producer tim stack uh is also here we've got two of them it's they're they're multiplying it's radio With TV's Tim Stack, that's the new uh, that's the new series. I don't know why that makes you laugh every time because I'm it's trying. The, it's the pause you're throwing in there. You've got a half a beat in yeah, between. A beat it's there. radio. I'm reading the script. That now Tim, I'm going to have Tim to say it that me. way. <laughs> we can change it in the second half of the show if you like. My wife's going to be so sick of that. I'm just going to go around the house yelling that. I, I think it's a brilliant title, though, and obviously it's your title, Tim, that you came up with, and it's just brilliant. Uh, check out Sprung. It's coming up. August 19th. It's so good. It's really good. I promise So you. he says, and I believe him, on Amazon Freebie. I've seen the trailer. We're going to play the trailer here in just a moment for you. It's created by Emmy Award winning writer Greg Garcia and producer and writer Timothy Stack. It's premiering on August 19th. Uh, with two episodes, and then there'll be episodes each week and a finale on September 16th. So uh, check it out. You know you need something new to watch. We'll be right back with Tim Stack, and you can find him on Twitter at TV's Tim Stack.
Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Well, does that say star power? Oh, you know who that is? Yeah, see, Camden has a celebrity living in its midst. It's the actor from Son of the Beach TV's Tim Stack. Mr. Stack, good to see you again. Good evening, my good man. You know who I am? Of course I do, Mr. Stack. I'm TV Sim Stack from movies and basic cable television. 62 items on my IMDB page, 62. But they screwed me. They counted my Quincy two-parter as one thing. Hey, can I shoot something with your uh, You know what, Mr. Stack, have you been drinking? Mr. Stack? No. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show, soon to be It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. We're going to try out a few different ways to say that, but uh, regardless, it's going to be a really, really great series. I'm looking forward to some great interviews with Tim Stack and his, uh, his, his friends uh, in the business and, and in his life. Um, quickly, Tim, we've, we don't have enough time, unfortunately, now that I'm looking at the clock, but I'm interested just because I watch Seinfeld every night and, and uh, you know, Jer- working with Jerry Seinfeld, working with Larry David, to, to me, two of, two of the, my favorite comedy writers and actors. Um, how did you get involved in, in that? Well, I had uh, uh, the casting people on that show I had known for a long time. Uh, Mark Hirschfeld and Meg Lieberman, and they had been working for Norman Lear, and I think I did a Facts of Life, and they cast me in that. And, but I was, you know, I was an actor they would bring in all the uh-huh. time, and they were real, super nice people, um, both of them, and and so they were casting Seinfeld, and I had gone in like six or seven times to read for various parts, and never got a part. And I, I finally said to uh, Mark, I said, because I knew him well enough to say like is this going to work? Mm-hmm. I, does he like me? It's like, 
And he said, no, 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 it's going to work. You got to promise. I got to promise you, promise you. And the next one, I went in for Dwayne the Optician and got the part. And uh, so it really turned episode. out to be a, yes. Set it, it up a little bit in case someone. I know uh, it's the episode where it. George loses or he thinks glasses are stolen. Uh, it's a great little tag at the end when the glasses were left up on top. top of the locker. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and that character, George, who is Larry David. Um, you know, in real life, right. Larry wrote him as, wrote yeah. that's because and then later on larry becomes the lead in curve and all the embarrassing thing is now happening to the lead of the show as opposed right. to just george and uh, you know what i noticed in some of the he's brought back some of the topics from seinfeld they revisit things like yeah. the like the periscope in the car yes like, like he fleshes it out a little bit more in his you know, in yeah. his own way. Uh, a guy named Jeff Schaefer, uh, who works on Curb, worked on Seinfeld, and he's sort of like the go-between because when I showed up on Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Jeff said, uh, you remember his episode on Seinfeld to Larry. Larry goes, which one was it? And so Jeff is running through the whole thing, and I'm jumping in, and, and, and Larry starts laughing, like, and literally says, oh, man, that sounds funny. <laughs> well, you did it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with the Seinfeld, yeah, I was thrilled to get it then because it, the show was huge at that time Yeah, when I did it, which was... Which was really fun. There, I've only done a few times where where ep, where, where I've on gone on shows. Holy Stone, and it was everywhere you yes. went. Every yes, yeah. I mean, like I had done uh, like a Night Court and a Golden Girls. Golden Girls was pretty big, but there was something about Seinfeld that was just it was huge. Mm -hmm. And I think because it was new and different, Golden Girls was just incredibly good. Yeah, you know, uh, but it was also Seinfeld new and different. Almost got and didn't, almost didn't make it, right? That's a whole story yeah. unto itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my other friend named Jeremiah, Jeremiah Bosgang, who was the guy who bought Son of the Beach, he was the second in charge at NBC that bought Seinfeld. Uh -huh. It came Smart out of the variety department with a guy named Rick Ludwin mm -hmm. and Jeremiah Bosgang. Mm. And they're the ones that, because if you remember the first episode, it's Jerry in a, in a comedy club mm -hmm. and and... Apparently, they were just like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And Rob Reiner, who owned Castle Rock, went right. in and convinced Brandon Tartikoff, you got you got to do more episodes. And they said, okay, I'll pick up three. And I think by that third episode, Sorry, which Jane. I think was the Aunt Manya episode mm. where they go to the funeral. The pony. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh, what immigrant has a pony? And I said, <laughs> I remember watching that that night because somebody said, you got on this show, Seinfeld? And I tuned in and it was the Aunt Manya episode, The Pony. And I called my friend Lynn Stewart, who's an uh, actress, you know, uh, Miss Yvonne on Pee Wee. And, and I said, uh, have you seen the show Seinfeld? She goes, You're, somebody just mentioned it. I said, you got to somehow see this Aunt Manya. It's so funny and then it sort of all just took off from then and and so i was thrilled to get the part and yeah. it was a funny episode and One really minute. fun oh, people oh, to oh. work with really professional yeah yeah and i and from what i've i, I just watched that julie uh, julia louis dreyfus interview with um david letterman up here in Santa Barbara. I, I want to watch it. I haven't watched it. I want to watch it. Yeah, good. And she yeah. talks about how just the, the environment was so fun. 
that everybody worked really hard, but it was just this great feeling, this fun. Yes. That, that, they that all got along. Yeah, That's that, the main that, thing. That, when you start you getting, see, right? I've been on enough sitcoms where people don't get along. It's like, it's not fun. Nightmare. Yeah. On that show. You, I have watched the outtakes, you know, the bloopers, the reels, yeah. that kind of thing. And when I watch those and they did like sometimes six and seven and eight and nine takes and I'm going, did they ever finish that scene or did they cut it because they couldn't get through it? That's you know, funny. it's just amazing. Do I need to take a break or you, you do? Me? No, you take need, an actual break. You need to take a break. Okay, yes, sir. Taking a break. We'll You're be right back. All right. Letting out a bunch of nonviolent inmates because of the coronavirus. What the hell's a coronavirus? The state has issued a shelter in place order. You need to stay in your home. Well, we've been in prison. We don't have a home. Yeah, I agree, it's a bit of a head scratcher. You can stay at my mom's place for a couple of nights. Hey, mommy. Hey, shithead. Hey, girl, you need a ride? I can't believe this lady's letting us stay here. Do you think she's crazy? Dinner's ready. You're living under my roof. You'll have to earn your keep. You can join my crew. I just spent 26 years in prison, and I'm not going back. So you're out. Seriously? We're going to do this. I'm not robbing someone unless they did something bad. Since Mother Teresa will only steal from bad people, I took the liberty of writing up a list of douchebags in the area. Should we be wearing masks? It depends on which channel you watch. I'm waiting for Dr. Phil to chime in. You don't spend 26 years in prison without learning a few things. A perfect crime is a crime that nobody even knows happened. Not bad. Maybe we shouldn't be thinking so small. She's loaded. We get a penny every time someone bites into a Twizzler. Americans love their red food. Yeah, way too much fun, yeah. <laughs> You've become almost like a family. We're really lucky to have met you. Oh, shit, he's got the Rona. Make sure you cough, talk, and breathe up through the flu. Got it. Oh, sorry. Got it. <laughs> Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann H. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hucks from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Drejo. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. Do you need
need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Son of the Beach, and introducing Timothy Stack as Notch Johnson. Hey, Chief, can I talk to you? I got a letter from my Aunt Ava. Hold on, Chip. Those are smoke signals from the cajones. Chief Dark Horse will make the Cajone Reservation a gambling casino? It will extend to the beach? More smoke at 11. This is terrible. Notch, when did you become fluent in smoke signals? I'm a Cajone. As a boy, I was adopted by the late tribal father, Chief Pokemon. You were part of his family? Well, not 100%. I was more like Robert Duvall in The Godfather, or Ernie on My Three Sons. But they were my family. And now with every fiber of my being, I have to stop this. Come on, girl, get it up! Hey, this is Jeff Stump Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Back to the Jeremiah Show. We are with Timothy Stack, writer, actor, producer. He's also uh, introducing a new series here on the Jeremiah Show. We're looking forward to. He's taking over the show with his own show. It's called It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Tim, tell us about uh, what we can expect from your your new series here on the show. You know, uh, if, I, I don't know. have a, a complete answer for you, but my instincts are it's telling radio. me. Uh, I, I think what I want to do is uh, bring on people who I think are funny and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wouldn't necessarily be, a, you know, it's not joke time. Um, but I want to I hear funny stories. And there are so many funny stories that I have over 40 years that I can share with these right. people, as well as their funny stories. Uh, I'm really interested in, I'm always interested in origins, how people get started in a certain business. What inspired them mm-hmm. to get into it with show business and especially comedy? Like, what was it? I, you know, there are usually moments in people's lives where they say, like, they get a laugh and suddenly it's like, oh, I feel so good. The endorphins go up or whatever. So that's a big thing. And then talk about, you know, their careers and what they're doing now right. and, and, and what they want to do and, um, and why they did certain things. Right. And, you know, oh, those are my favorites. Yeah. I mean, well. to talk, I'll bring on Greg Garcia, you know, who's my friend, but also my boss, but to talk about the inspiration for Sprung and my name is Earl and, mm-hmm. and he's got fantastic stories about 
him knocking on doors and telling people to read his scripts and and somehow it worked yeah and so you you're going to tease a little bit that's great garcia hopefully you'll have on yeah you tease with any other sure people? i want to have my friend barry finero on barry uh he and i met in the groundlings 40 years ago and he went on to have an incredible career writing he won emmys for golden girls he wrote the movie kingpin uh men in black uh he just had a fun uh, uh what's the billy crystal movie i'm blanking on the name now not wise guy but um you know where he with robert de niro where they're mob guys uh made this analyze this analyze this right yeah so yeah. he's got this fantastic career and he's got incredible stories of working with all these people so and i love stories about people working with right. you know i've worked with burt reynolds he worked with burt reynolds we definitely have different stories, <laughs> so that's an example of yeah. something I'd like to talk about. Oh, excited! I can't wait to I can't wait to hear it. I can't. We'll have to talk off air and, and pen you down on a date for your first yes. show. Yes, 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 yes. And I'll definitely let everybody know. Hunter Hawkins talking about young directors who have who, who, where they're making it, where they're where they're uh, working the streets, working all their magic, raising money right now for your film, award winning filmmaker. Hunter Hawkins, introduce you to Timothy Stack here. Hi, Hunter. Hunter, Hi. you're going to give us a real quick update on, uh, and we're running out of time, so I'll have to be quick, sorry, um, <laughs> on the where the film's at right now and where you're at in your capital raise and what you need and how our listeners can help you. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we talked about a week ago, I think a week to the day, um, and... Uh, the film was, I believe, at about, it was like a few away from 2000. And in that time, we've made it to our base goal, our $30 away from base goal of 4000. And our our real goal is 5000. And so we still have um, two weeks to the day um, to make up that last thousand. But in that time, in the last week, we've made so much. Um, and I'm really blown away. Uh, I haven't... Uh, give us the led a, a fundraiser like this of this amount before and so um i'm just really excited we're getting together with costumes moving forward with all kinds of different production details now that we actually have like close enough to what we need to make it happen give us the name of the film one more time give us the log line it's called bowler up uh-huh it's, it's bowler about- up basically it's a it's a movie about three friends that uh are, are musically minded and have a big imagination and are on a bowling team together and uh and it's it's very whimsical it's kind of scott pilgrim versus the world inspired and um takes place in an actual bowling alley and so that's part of why we need that funding Tim, so it's just you, super exciting I'm, if you I'm, donate 500 you can be like an this extra before. What? Tim, Tim could be an extra for 500 bucks right <laughs> yeah what exactly. do i get for what do i get for five dollars <laughs> <laughs> you get bragging rights. Uh, you don't get to. They don't get. pay you. You have to pay you them can. for this. The new Hollywood. <laughs> kind of like on the show here. Uh, okay, well, thank yeah. you, Hunter. So, tell direct everybody how they can get you to that last. Get you over the the last thousand dollars. Well, to make you this just go great to our film. Instagram page at Hunter Hawkins Films, uh, and if you look up on Indigo, if you look up like on Google, Indiegogo bowler up film hunter hawkins it will be the first thing to come up um and you'll see this cute little logo with like a bowling pin on it um and uh and yeah so it's it's not hard to find um if you want to send us right over the edge and and give us a thousand dollars that results in a free home concert delivered to your door with me and a lot of other la 
and Santa Barbara local indie music artists. Yeah, so So Hunter Hawkins, writer, director. She's an award-winning writer and director and also a fantastic musician. Good luck, Hunter. Back to Tim. Uh, We got to say goodbye, but give us Sprung. Tell us about Sprung and uh, where you can watch it. Uh, You can watch Sprung on Freebie, which is Amazon's new channel with commercials, but if you go to it through Amazon, I find you don't get commercials. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it premieres on August 19th with our first two episodes. And then on for the next, there are 10 episodes altogether. And then it ends with a one hour special, which is a big episode at the end. Um, it's a, And the show is, I have to say, it's really fun for me. I love crime. I, I love crime movies. And so there's a crime in this show that goes over 10 episodes and, and uh, but really fun characters beautifully shot very different it almost looks like a like a cone brothers film uh letterbox film and and it's just it's really great great music great acting uh greg did all the directing i'm in an episode four i think with uh kate walsh is that one from gray's and 104 (laughs) hey you're learning (laughs) i'm learning about hollywood tim stack uh can't wait for the new series here uh, on the radio tim thank you so much for telling us about the show and again look for it we'll i'll let everybody know when the first episode goes up it's radio with TV's <laughs> Tim Stack. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks so much, Thank Hunter. You. Everybody have a great day. Communicate. Uh, listen more and evolve. News. I'm Jack Rafferty. Uh, Riviera Beach, Florida, man. It was to be the first arrested under the city's new law banning saggy pants. Uh, you, ma'am, at Pump 15 in Burbank? Uh, yes, ma'am, at the uh, Pump 15 in Burbank in the Costco. Yes, good morning. Yes, you, good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, thank you. You know how a lot of the kids, the guys wear these baggy pants and their underwear is always sticking out? Yes. Well, they're banning that. They should ban that. that. What's that? I said they should ban that. You don't like that look? No, not at all. How about the look when the women wear the pants and the thong comes up? No, that's disgusting. Really? Yes. That's not something you would ever do. No, it's very tacky. And what do you think of the tank top with the different colored bra strap underneath? Oh, that's tacky also. (laughs) Hi, this is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man.
you like our soundtrack, find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good man. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.